0: Welcome back to another edition of That Can't Be Right. I'm your host, Eric Ballinger, and with me, as usual, is... Joe Miller. And this week, we are going to talk about replication studies and the importance of replication in social sciences. So, Joe, what do we know about replication?
1: Um, In social science, specifically, uh, it's bad, is the best way to put it. So... I think one thing that um, this might be one of many times that we are actually going to be talking about replication studies uh, as it's something that comes up quite considerably in social science, both in news and within kind of your first research class. It is a discussion that is happening all the time that nobody wants to discuss or actually do a thing about. And that's something that I think is very interesting. So let's first start by just creating a normal definition out of nowhere. One, replication studies is very hard to define. Pretty much what you're doing is you are replicating a study. Who knew the definition and the word kind of overlap. But what typically happens with a um, replication study is to some degree, to some close manner, you're taking what has already been done, using exact same analyses, and trying to see if you get the exact same results or something comparable to those original results. Now, there's a lot of issues to talk about with replication studies, and to talk why that definition's not the best, and that might be something to later. But for this purpose, for the purposes of this podcast, we're gonna do much of an overview, the importance of what's going on with replication studies right now, and why we should be doing them a little bit more, but also the struggle with doing replication studies. That's the biggest thing that I think we want to talk about in this is though it's something that we kind of harp on, there is a great deal of difficulty with not only doing the study itself, replicating the study,
0: getting it published and then going from there. Right. Cause if you look at most journals or most programs in general, If you're doing research, they want you to be expanding the realm of human knowledge. And I think I've said that before, that is actually the function of a university, is to expand what we know. And replication doesn't seem like it's doing that. However, one thing to bear in mind, especially within the social sciences, uh, we've talked about this p-value of 0.05, which is broadly arbitrary, but it does essentially mean that there's a 5% chance that whatever you're doing, whatever conclusions you've come to, well, they're wrong. Mm -hmm. So you need to have more applications than just that one time where you found that result. So
1: where that number comes from, that magical .05, was an offhand comment by the statistician who brought pretty much statistician and research and together. He just, somebody was like, so what's a number that could pretty much, you know, you could have the probability of being wrong. And they're just like .05. To his grave, he fought against that after saying it. Um, I did not know that. He, he was a big proponent of it. So Fisher was the one who randomly saw, pointed out .05. Then Naaman and Pearson came out with um, hypothesis testing, which, Pierce, um, which Fisher did not like. Uh, but for sake of our purposes, let's just go with... Um, he did not like the .05 terminology and we use it to this day even though most statisticians don't like it people who start diving into the research don't like it Um, they don't like using this magical p-value but then they use it all the time we use it for so many different statistical tests we use it for so many different ways but at the end of the day we're coming back to the point of replication so can you replicate a .05?
0: Well, one would hope. Again, the assumption is again within anything involving statistics that uh, the central theory, central limit theorem, theorem yeah. holds. So that the results that you get with your sample should be stable if you have a big enough sample. And if that's true, then you. And if we have a five percent alpha level or, or critical value, that means you're gonna be wrong five percent five percent of the time. And I have to say, for the for the most part, if I was only wrong 5% of the time on nearly anything else in my life, I'd probably be okay with that.
1: Yeah. Uh, 95% is still an A.
0: It's still an A. Um,
1: so let me ask you, Eric. So I this is something that I was actually a little bit passionate about, especially with research. It's the reason I actually switched... From my original program, one of the many reasons I switched away from counseling and clinical psychology towards a more statistician background, what do you think is the going rate for number of publications within social sciences to be rep- replicated? What is the percentage, do you think, are actually replicable?
0: Well, that, that's a interesting question. The number that should be replicable would be uh, essentially all of them. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea... I... Looking at the APS website, I'm assuming that number is fairly small. Less than 20%. Ah, that's one. That's
1: yeah, so um, now you can find different numbers everywhere. Uh, I'm not quoting a specific article or reference off the top of my head. I'm actually being a little bit more conservative. Roughly 80% of the studies within social science typically are
0: not replicable. That is terrifying. That seems like a problem. Uh, just a bit. It's much higher than the 5% that... Uh... <laughs> Those statistics would say <laughs> would you say it's significantly different uh almost certain uh, okay so it is wanting to go there
1: but it's something that is clearly creating a large amount of issues um there are researchers there. um not researchers but let's go with the general media as a whole um or general consensus there's this distrust because replication is becoming such a crisis a distrust with science to some degree because you're not finding the same results but you then some people weight one study more heavily than another even though it's not replicable. Um we talked about um during our last week's podcast about how one lab in particular is the only place where they can replicate this one study over and over again without giving any more information that holds a degree of weight. Right. And it holds a degree of interest of why is that one lab getting that same result over
0: and over again but other people can't find that same replication. That is a, certainly, so is it a question of their methods that they're using? Are they using some odd statistical procedure? Are they ignoring people that didn't answer the questions correctly? Let's
1: let's um, stop being nice. Are they removing the data that is
0: that would actually show that their results are not there? Well, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say, are they specifically manipulating their data you near know, the actual outcome? Mm-hmm. But they might be manipulating the situation. So the way they are collecting data might be a little bit fuzzier than other groups, which is why their results are a little more likely to to, to fit with their own theory. Or they might be handling the, uh, the manipulation of their experiment differently. Uh, they might just be asking... They might be presenting the information differently. So they're, they're doing a... a Better job of explaining their particular uh, idea to the to the participants, or maybe the participants aren't walking into it blind, so they know what. Because th- this is one of the things that happens in social science research is some of you little monkeys out there. Well, when you're taking a survey, you will figure out what the researcher is trying to do, and will either help by responding in the way that you think that we want. Or Or what I
1: typically do, which is go, oh, you want me to respond this way, I respond another way. But I wanted to ask that question or make that kind of controversial statement, are they removing the data versus using manipulation? But you listed off a great number of reasons of what might be going on with replication and why they're able to replicate it versus not. And the reason that is such a good thing that you guys might even want to rewind and hear again is because it is so very difficult to classify why one thing is replicating versus one thing that's not. There is a replication crisis, but the crisis is a fun word that I think somebody has added to it. There is a degree of problems with replication, but I actually think that even if there is some replication issues going on, we need to not think of it as a crisis or issue, but be understanding of what's going on underneath it so that we can actually figure out what's not just saying yes or no. How much replication problems can we have and it still be okay?
0: Well, five percent. Five percent. We'll go with we'll go with back five percent, right? If because that again, returning to just straight statistics, assuming that the central limit theorem holds, and that all the studies that are being replicated are being replicated effectively. So you really are putting people in the same situations. The conditions are the manipulation that still works the same the materials are still the same and your population is still more or less the same there should be roughly a five percent group that fails not not 80
1: 80's yeah not 80s is way too high <laughs> 80, we're, we're yeah. not we're not arguing for the uh 80 <laughs> portion by the way we are just i'm arguing pa- plainly for there's a lot of things that can create replication crises or replication issues and being aware of them is hard to define because there are just so many. One that I think of why you were even going through the list and right now is, okay, I did everything right, Eric. I, I created my... We're going to go back to our chocolate chip cookie experiment mm-hmm. uh, versus... By the way, if you ever use this study, please credit us in the acknowledgement section. Uh, we would love to have this. of The uh, do people take free cookies from the sketchy person at the mall versus the more attractive person. Please let us know if that actually turns out to be anything. We'll help you... Uh, By promoting it on the podcast. But one thing I want to know is... Let's say I did that study. I find a result. And then 10 years later, I do the same study again. I replicate it to a T. I have pretty much the same person by image, clone, everything. But one thing that's different is the amount of time that's changed. Right. Like a whole entire... If we go with the term cohort... A whole entire cohort of individuals have moved on from visiting the mall... Mall still exists in 10 years or they have a new view on cookies at the time or they have a new view on chocolate chip cookies because there's a religion out there that is proposing that chocolate chip cookies give them extra health in the long run by the way we like chocolate chip cookies on here but at the same time we understand that eating too many of them are unhealthy but what happens if that all of a sudden becomes a health craze that you
0: are unable to control from the original experiment yeah, time is definitely a factor. So that's not necessarily a replication problem. That could be could then be folded into a longitudinal study of the consumption of of chocolate chip cookies and just how yeah. big of a deal it is. One thing to think about that again, totally accidental. We brought up chocolate, um, and because there have been uh, certain alarmist studies that uh, cocoa is actually becoming potentially becoming an extinct species. So chocolate might become a rare commodity within the next 10, 20 years. So at that point, if you're handing out chocolate chip cookies while it's a rare commodity, the person that they're willing to take it from will probably shift. Hmm. So right now, since you can go to anywhere and get a chocolate chip cookie, you're not going to take it from that guy who looks like he hasn't bathed in a couple weeks. But if that's a rare thing, and you might be a little more more down with it. Uh, Wonderful example that is tied to addiction is uh with with smoking that during the second world war very wealthy germans would pick up cigarettes out of the gutter because tobacco was so hard to come by Mm -hmm. that you know normally the idea of picking up and a piece of trash and putting in your mouth uh no one's going to go for that unless it becomes a rare commodity so now that so the so would you be able to replicate this study like, well, are you going to pick up this cigarette from the ground? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, it is uh, a different situation. So that's so in that respect, or yeah. a replication, the, the failure to replicate is an important result, but for a completely different reason. It's not that the phenomena is no longer valid. It's but, that something else changed. But if
1: we go back to kind of what I'm trying to say from the beginning, though, right. like this idea that, well, I can publish an article... The replication did not happen. There should be limitations to the replication study, such as we didn't do it at the exact same time, different area. But at the same time, all the people immediately do, and they classify the 80% as just saying no. It's not replicated because they didn't factor in the other limitations. It's almost we're doing this black and white, yes or no, it was replicated or not without looking at almost the limitations for the replication study of itself. You will never have the exact identical conditions. So therefore, you need to have a degree of gray. Now, again, 80% shouldn't be the degree of gray. I would say I'm not actually going to give a percentage because that would follow me to my grave or give me my next where I would have to defend or change my view for the next 20 to 30 years. But I wanted to bring all this up because at the same time, this study, this question, this this topic of replication studies is more convoluted than people want to talk about. They just think, wow, there's an issue with social science because they're having a replication crisis. The beginning and end of that point is all that people consider now.
0: Some of that depends. So if we're talking about psychological phenomena that we claim are universal, then the question of time passing shouldn't be should necessarily be a factor. No, I, I, I understand that a lot of people don't accept that. But, but that also is the problem that we were talking about last week with open science, is we work in a field that is always a moving target. In the natural sciences, in some respects, it would be great to be a geologist because you're talking in you, everything you're studying happens over the course of tens of thousands of years on the short end. Uh, whereas with human beings... We're talking uh, about days. And that's if you're lucky.
1: The This is just something that is one thing that people should be doing more of, though. So nonetheless, the studies should be more replicable. So there's many avenues that you can take with replication studies. One, designing a study that maybe you should consider, how is this going to be replicable afterwards? Not necessarily just saying, hey, I'm creating a study because I think this is cool. Designing a study that has a degree of replicability, (laughs) however you say that word, replicability. um, Reproducibility. Reproducibility, thank you. We're going to go with that one. There is a degree of reproducibility designed within your original experiment. With that in mind, are you the researcher who is, oh, how do I put it? who's super closed off? I don't want anybody to see my analyses. I don't want anybody to see how I did this because if they know that, they then can take and steal my work.
0: Oh, that- thats a, That's a different thing entirely.
1: But it's at the same time possibly a reason that the, rep- um, the reproducibility is creating such an issue for people because there's not enough detail and information within the methods section or there isn't a, deg- um, there isn't a degree of working together, collaboration between the person who's reproducing the study and the previous researcher though that has been a change recently there are studies coming out and i can't think of one off the top of my head where the reproducibility lab or the lab that's reproducing the project is in contact with the original researcher and it's creating a degree of collaboration that we're actually starting to see shows where this replication is actually increasing though right. it, the effect size reduces which always happens. Regression to the mean will always happen over time with any study. Regardless, you are still having less of an issue than you did previously by opening up this degree of
0: collaboration. But that—that that is a different topic, uh, which w- honestly is one that I'm really fond of. So trying will try not to go too far down a bunny trail. The whole problem with ident- with intellectual property, and that's really what you're talking yeah. about, is that people freak out that this is my uh, product this is my project this is my thing i don't want to share it because then someone else will get credit and which is a very real concern and i and i mentioned that with the open science thing that you can have a moratorium on releasing your open science uh, pre-registration because if you know we're at this relatively small research facility i mean this is a relatively small university so our our research budgets aren't aren't great but if we release the uh, Whatever everything that we've done before, we have a chance to hit, for it to hit publication or whatever. And some facility with more resources gets a hold of it; they could beat us to publication, and now this idea that was ours is now out in the ether uh, under someone else's name, which mm-hmm. uh, which sucks. I mean, that's that's yeah. And and I can definitely understand that but there is the problem of intellectual property and if we're doing sciency things how much intellectual property do we, rights do we want to retain mm-hmm. uh, I'm a huge fan of creative commons um, most stuff I do was released creative commons uh, I think the podcast might actually list creative commons once we're to that it should uh, I'm not sure if the host allows me to do that so um, if it's not if it forces me to have a bug a little copyright bug on it then uh, uh that's what I've got to do. Um, anyway. Yeah, so replication is certainly a problem because of people don't want to let them know. Like, oh, we found this result with this instrument. We're not going to tell you what the instrument is <laughs> because then you will steal it and you won't use our name on it and that will make me feel bad. So obviously I can, I can never get the same results as you because I'm not using the same instrument as mm-hmm. you because you won't tell me what it is. And that's... This is is a different problem. It's a different problem entirely, but
1: I think it's a contributing effect to reproducibility. Absolutely. Like, the instrument is the number one thing that I think of every time when I'm doing a study with somebody. So usually I'm the stats guy, the analyst guy, but I often have to help them with, like, like, picking out scales and stuff, right? And when they're doing that, I'm like, oh, they're like, hey, I'm really interested in the scale. I'm like, okay, do you have access to the scale before you get interested in it? It's like, no, 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 but I can find it. Are you sure? Because there are so many times that we've had where I've worked with somebody and it's like, you have to contact that research professor. They will say yes or no. And that is a different battle entirely. Replication studies at the heart are trying to add more to social science. Now, there is something I want to talk about with replication studies that we haven't had a chance to get to. And again, we're not really looking at the stats portion. We're not looking at how the, just talking about general issues that can come down to replication studies. We're Why? assuming nothing nefarious. We're, we're assuming that everything is just kind of where it's happening. Right. So replication studies within the natural sciences is easier considerably. It is easier to do replication studies by incorporating other previous data. There is more of uniformity on the ideas behind it. But within social science, there is a multitude of theories that
0: have a lot of overlap. Well, and just to cut in there for a second with the other reason why replication within the natural sciences is a little easier is that often those data sets are constructed using uh, federal money. And often with some of that grant money, one of the requirements is that once the data has been collected, it has to be released. Mm-hmm. So it isn't just we they, they generate this data and it's hiding somewhere, and if you want to reproduce how they handled whatever it is, their, their physics experiment or their chemistry thing, um, you have to get all the same equipment and all the same materials and do it again. You can do parts of it. Mm -hmm. And you can use their data and see if it's just a weird analysis.
1: That's just definitely one thing that we have to consider and one barrier that we don't have in social science. We don't have where we have to release the data afterwards. We don't have where we are um, obligated to share our information. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't necessarily trust the study? Well, that's really coming down to the quality of the study yourself. And that's where you assess it in that situation the replication issue that's currently going on in social science is clearly a problem that needs to be talked about more but not necessarily labeling it at labeling a replication study as being good or bad is where i kind of take this away how much of the reproducibility was good how much is their degree of gray area mm-hmm. that still says that this was replicated um and taking that into the fact of how much of it is regression to the mean?
0: Or, or how much of it is driven by context? Yeah. So in that same vein, uh, I know last week I talked a lot about the Association for Psychological Science because, well, because I did. One of the other things with the APS is that they are still pushing for replication. So I know we mentioned this early on in the podcast that doing replication studies aren't necessarily going to get you publications, which is uh, as a grad student or as a junior faculty, that's bad. (laughs) You don't want to spend a lot of time doing a lot of work, no matter how important it is, if you won't get a publication out of it because if you spend a year doing a thing and have nothing to show for it at the end, your uh, graduate supervisor will not be happy. And if you are a faculty, your uh, p and committee will also not be happy, and these are people you do not want angry with you. Uh, so APS, though, does publish replication reports. So they have, a, on their APS website, there is the register re- registered replication reports. So you actually have a, re- a replication study that you tell APS that they're doing. They have a whole bunch of stuff so that you can try to make sure that is this a universal phenomena that is still valid? Or is something else going on? Or was that study just bad? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because sometimes it, it could just be, oh, we believe that creativity works this way. Great, but the last time we anyone studied that was in the 1950s. Is that a universal construct? Or is that just, well a time that was
1: the 1950s so that's definitely one option um so that is one thing going out and as a graduate student who is still working on his own research now and working with others there are other things that you can do to mitigate that ahead of time one be aware that for us for i know one thing that i'm very actually happy with with our professors here is if you do a thesis or dissertation and you don't find interesting results it doesn't matter And you can still try to find, and they will try to help you find a way to publish it. So if they think, if you're starting to do preliminary results and you're saying that maybe it's not working, they're going to maybe see different ways and talk about, again, you're still going to get research experience. One other way to do this though, and this is something that I think would be, uh, I would appreciate seeing a lot more in, is academic journals having multiple studies within the same journal article where they do one study where it is a reproducibility study. I am wanting more reproducible work. I wanna see where this issue is because I don't think it's as black and white. I wanna see how much more we can increase our reputability as a science, but also see why, see the degree of grayness that might be between two different instances by doing replication work within the same study. Like doing one study where you do the first study is the, or one article where you do one study where it is doing the replication thing, with is which is built into another study where it extends upon itself yeah that That'll would be fun. one way that we could possibly start doing decreasing the replication by like replication crisis that's going on where we don't have many replication studies coming out but still getting published um, it's very much of a difficult topic to cover in only 30 minutes there's entire research articles and as many times on this podcast we're trying to give you a gist
0: of what's going on. That can take hours to actually talk about. Yeah, so replication, it is the nature of science. Uh, if you remember, I don't remember how many weeks ago we were talking about science. That is the la- that last step. You have to report the results, and those results have to be replicable. Otherwise, you just found that one weird group of people, and that's all we know is that one weird group of people, <laughs> really, they'll take a chocolate chip cookie from anybody. Anytime, any place. <laughs> but they're not normal. Anything else you'd like to add about replication?
1: No. Um, by the way, feel free to, like, if you reach out to us, if you have more comments on the replication idea or any of these other podcasts, we'd like to revisit some of these ideas in the future if we get more knowledge and see if we can also replicate our own podcasts as a way to incorporate new ideas. It's really easy to replicate this podcast. I know. Control A,
0: Control C. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with something else.